Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast whose test for the legal drinking age is a 10-part questionnaire about RPGs from the 8-bit era. It boasts a 100% accuracy rate. This episode, we're keeping it light and breezy with an overview of the different RPG options to beat the summer heat. I am your host, and the man who's played enough tactics titles to last a lifetime, David Lloyd. And joining me this evening is news editor at Nintendo World Report, and man who's aced all trivia-based tests and competitions, Mr. Donald Terrio. Thanks for having me, and uh, tomorrow I, I cross out of a into an age where I become the really old man in the RPG. So, uh, big birthday tomorrow? 35. So officially out of the demographic that advertisers care about. I, mean, I guess I've been out of it for a couple of years now. Yeah. It's uh, It doesn't feel much different on this side, let me tell you. It just feels like I can wave my cane into the air more often than I should. You can be the one who's yelling at the clouds all the time. With the good old days. And uh, we'll be joined uh, in a little bit by NWR Reviews editor, Mr. Jordan Rudick. Uh, he's uh, trying to locate a sugary drink for uh, this evening, so once he's found one, he's gonna, he'll probably pop in uh, in a little bit. So uh, we may have him uh, along for the ride. So, But before we get to tonight's topic, uh, Donald, uh, do you have a drink that you're partaking in at the, at the Thirsty Minute? Uh, well, although it looks like yours might be more appropriate for for this week here, um, I'm just partaking in a in the traditional alcoholic drink of people who don't don't want to drink alcohol too much. The grape knee high. <laughs> I'm going with. I was looking for something with with the summer and uh, playing some uh, Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses with uh, Dimitri. There, I went for a strong blonde ale. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we uh, I picked up. Uh, Celebrantin. I hope uh, that's the the correct way to say it in French. Celebrante. That is celebrante. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what I I've been here uh, twelve years and I still haven't picked up the language yet. So uh, so celebrante. Um, that's from uh, Brasseur du Mont. Yeah, like I said, it's a strong blonde ale. It's seven percent, so it's actually a little bit lower than uh, the the strong as advertised. But it uh, it's fermented with champagne yeast and it's uh, brewed for significant moments in life and. Uh, has mellow notes of wildflower honey and subtle flavors of pear, orange, and lemon. It it's, uh, just seems like a summer beer, so I'm partaking in that tonight and uh, enjoying it. So yeah, sounds like a an interesting one. Is that is that from like a, a brewery over on the Quebec side, or is it something you get on the Ontario side of the border there? Uh, no, this one's a, a Quebec microbrewery. They sell it in the local uh, IGA, so it's uh, easy enough to find, uh, which which is good and. Um, they actually make a few uh, few different beers that I've done. Uh, they make a, a Big Ben Porter, which is one uh, actually one of my favorite porters. It's uh, it's on the dark side and it's it's got a it's got a very uh, unique and, and nice flavor. So uh, I'm a fan of the micro- of the brewery itself. There's uh, there's a couple others I know that I've had from it too that they're the names are escaping me, but it's uh, a brewery that I keep my eye on. So uh, they make good stuff and they're they're usually winning uh, those beer awards those day uh, year uh global beer awards so their their label seemed to stand out at the the store when you got the big uh, medallion on it saying they've won won stuff so and i would have to say that they, they've earned their their accolades yeah and i just realized that the, that uh, the show is going to be all canadian tonight so look forward to that <laughs> That's right. Yeah, when when Jordan gets here, well, it uh, makes sense with uh, to beat the summer heat. You have three three cold Canadians. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we'll kick off uh, to this episode's topic du jour, which is again the RPGs that you that have re- are available this summer. So uh, the big one is obviously Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, we're actually not going to get into too much detail with Fire Emblem just because we uh, we will be having a spoiler cast 
in a couple of weeks. It might even be a multi-parter because uh, there's the majority of the NWR staff is uh, either in the midst of playing it or has finished it. So there's uh, lots of people who who can talk about their experience. I'll, it's also interesting that opinions uh, on the game vary widely. So it's uh, it'll be a lively debate when we do have uh, the talk. But if uh, is there anything that you uh, wanted to touch on, Donald, about uh, Fire Emblem? Um, well, I... Because of a couple of other games that we'll talk about here, I haven't had as much time to put into Fire Emblem Three Houses as I wish I did. For instance, I still am pre-time skip in my run, in my first run, whereas my roommate, despite taking 125 hours, has finished his first run and has started his second. <laughs> so I, I ha- so I'll be good and ready for that spoiler cast because I will have seen a good portion of the game by the time we record it. So is, uh, he's played 125 hours of the 200 hours since it's been released, or what? Uh actually, he did have a week off work. He took a week off work intentionally right after it came out. So yeah, he put a, the equivalent of five five full days plus a few hours <laughs> into Fire Emblem over about a two and a half week period to get the first ending, and then it took him and then it took him two days to figure out which second house he was going to do. <laughs> I have to admire his dedication. I'll say that. Yeah, he he's actually the person that turned me on to the series in the first place. So, and he's the one who screamed at me when I got the Fire Emblem question wrong the last time we did Jeopardy. <laughs> well, it's um, I I own Fire Emblem Awakening. I've played a little bit, but that is uh, all of my Fire Emblem experience to date. So this version for me was actually I, I would call it my first real foray into fire emblem yeah uh, i finished the golden deer run at uh, i think it took me about 50 hours and now i've started uh, the black eagles uh, on new game plus and uh, i'm enjoying uh, the benefits from doing the new game plus off the on the new run so i don't i don't think it's going to take me a 50 hours for this one but yeah especially uh, especially not if you go down the road that i've heard of the because i i started with black eagles my roommate went blue lions to start and one of our friend, mutual friends actually went and did Golden Deer. So we had all three routes going at the same time locally. And oh, that's good. And Getting a good mix. Yeah. And I think the only reason it took 125 hours because he was doing, he didn't want to get spoiled by any of like the Fire Emblem wikis, but he really wanted to make sure that he was building his characters properly. So he was like snapshotting everything and, you know, putting the game down so he could make notes about what, who learned what, when. Well, that's, that's real dedication for you right there. Yeah. Uh, I think my big focus was uh, getting the support. So I, I for with Blyleth, I think I ended up with 21 folks on my team uh, between all of the recruiting. Uh, I managed to get a rank for all, all 21. So I've seen everyone's support for the most part. There's a there's a few I didn't quite get to recruit before the split, and then um, I ended up S ranking with uh, Dorth- Dorothea. I guess would be the way to Dorothea. Put it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, ended up choosing her. So. <laughs> We were we were curious as to what the uh, the one that only had the S rank was. So um, the S rank that I saw so far was Sothis. Oh yeah, okay. And it's interesting, but it led to the ending of Hey. Well, we'll we'll probably talk about it in a couple of weeks. But uh, Byleth ends up with an unexpected job. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I can just imagine. Well, why don't you start us off with uh, the game that was taking up your time from Fire Emblem yeah. the past couple of weeks. So the the main thing that I uh, was working on the last couple of weeks, aside from from watching Three Houses runs, was um, Pillars of Eternity, the 
Obsidian developed versus evil published uh, computer RPG that uh, was recently ported to switch. Um, there's a really good game there, but it's a bit of a technical problem. Like um, I, had, I had a couple of crashes, what we call crash to desktop where basically, Oh, the, the game will, there was an error. The game will now close <laughs> going, get, getting that, which is not something you expect to see in a switch game. And also, if you check the review, there's a couple of screenshots of the text going absolutely haywire, which apparently they are working on. But it's like even like the saving text isn't immune from this thing. That's crazy. Did they do their own port or did they have a company working on that? Uh, the publisher, I think, had a company working on that. Obsidian, I think, is more right now focused on Outer Worlds, which is coming to Switch, which I think got announced since the last show. And mm-hmm. also Pillars of Eternity 2, which was coming to consoles, including Switch, later this year. Okay. Yeah, I've I've had kind of mixed feelings with the CRPGs on, on Switch. The the last one I played was... The last one would have been Wasteland 2. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed that one, but I it, it, it definitely had some optimization issues. Like, it, there, there was definitely a feeling of, like, man, this thing is, is hanging on by a thread. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't that bad for the most part the game ran well. It's just the weird like the weird text things and those random crashes that were the big technical concerns. But once you get past all that, the game runs runs perfectly fine. It's just I think this is a problem with with putting these CRPGs on consoles to begin with because you don't have as many buttons as you normally would with like a keyboard or keyboard. Yeah, use. I was just going to ask about uh, what you thought of the UI. Yeah, I mean, mo- most of the UI was good, but there were a few times where, like, I would I would get into a battle, I would it would be over, and then suddenly, because normally you have control of your n- entire party at once, and you just have a selected character, but they would sort of become decoupled from the main character, and so the rest of the party would just stand there. <laughs> so, and it, and then I'm like hitting every button, like, okay, how do I get my guys back? Yeah. Yeah, not the way I, not the way I like to do that with my party, especially when I'm in, I'm trying to clean out a catacomb and it's like, oh, there's an enemy over here, and then there's an enemy over here that, oh God, my party's not moving. What do I do? And had you have you played this? Is this your first time with Pillars of Eternity, or have you, have you played it with uh, on a previous console? This is my first time with it. This is actually one. I think Pillars is actually one of the first CRPGs of this type that I've actually played. Though it did, I am kind of intrigued to maybe check out uh, Icewind Dale when it comes out this fall on Switch. Yeah, because they they got the Baldur's Gate and the Neverwinter Nights. Like, there's uh, going to be a whole lot of these games coming out. Uh, I, I can't remember. I think they've got set dates for them, like basically I, over the next few months. I think. Yeah, I think I think they start coming out in September. Is what we're looking at. Yeah, and September is going to be uh, the month of RPGs. The month of lost hours, let me tell you. Yeah, that September is just going to... The end of the summer is going to be absolutely insane between all those CRPGs, Link's Awakening, and Dragon Quest. Oh, man. It's already scaring me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so, but uh, otherwise, you, I guess, technical uh, limitations aside, you still enjoyed Pillars? Yeah, it's very, very intriguing storyline, and there's a lot of content in there because they threw in the two expansions from the pc version those are in in the switch version which is part of the reason why it's i think 50 bucks canadian oh so it's 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 a bit pricey but if you're but it's a good it's a good shot uh, once they iron out the technical issues i think the publisher is they they're taking feedback as to things to work on in a patch for that so 
they can get that out the door in Obsidian and can, like I said, focus on stuff like Outer Worlds and PoE too. Yeah, yeah, it's there's definitely that trade off with CRPGs because um, I like the idea of having it portable. Uh, like for Wasteland 2 in particular, there's so much content and so many hours that you can put into something like that, that having it portable is definitely a benefit. Yeah, but the the trade off with the with the controls and the I mean the graphics I'm not really that like personally I'm not that concerned about frames per second or or the way it looks or that sort of thing. But uh, as long as the experience uh, isn't hampered, uh, uh, cut off by the knees or hampered, then it's not so bad. So, but as a general rule, I don't I don't I think it's more of a case by case thing for me. Like it's I, you kind of have to see how bad it is to see if it's worth that portability. And uh, Obsidian, I, I it's and it's also the same with Obsidian. I've kind of had an on and off relationship with Obsidian because. I enjoyed uh, their first game there, the uh, Knights of the World Republic 2, but Fallout New Vegas was actually one of my least favorite Fallouts. That, and that's weird, because that's the one that most of my most of my friends seem to enjoy the most, is New Vegas. Yeah, I don't know if it has, if it's just the time I was playing it or something, but yeah, I don't know. And it's all new. And New Vegas is the first, really the first time that I ran into the, the, the concept of Obsidian makes great games, but they just, the have trouble getting those bugs squashed before it comes out which i yeah. which i think ended up costing them a lot of money and that's part of the reason why pillars of eternity went to kickstarter in the first place oh okay yeah it makes sense yeah because they they infamously lost a metacritic bonus by one point oh, on uh, from bethesda on new, on new vegas oh that's gotta hurt at that point you think you'd just be calling up your friends and and well, that's effectively what they did because then they got seventy-seven thousand of their closest friends to do uh, to help them out with Pillars of Eternity. <laughs> exactly. And they and they never let you forget that in the opening of the game. It's an un- oh, really? it's an unskippable screen. This game was made possible by seventy-seven thousand people on Kickstarter. <laughs> do they name them all? <laughs> they, I, I'm pretty sure they will in the credits, but I. I kind of skip past those, so. It, it, but it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that, an unskippable splash screen saying this was game. This game was crowdfunded. Yeah, that would be one long end credits if they named everybody. <laughs> but good, good on them if they tried. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, the text in that game is pretty big, but I'm pretty sure if they shrank it down enough, they could probably get everybody on there in about under, you know, an Ubisoft length credit. Yeah. There was a game. I'm trying to think of a game. There's a game I just played. It's probably like Smash Brothers or something where there's like a game in the end credits where you're like shooting. You're shooting all the names. That that sounds like Smash Ultimate. Yeah. Yeah, that must be it. I thought that was kind of an uh, interesting way to do it because it's like if you got that many names and you kind of want to see people, then they do a little mini game where you're literally shooting the names. So you have to see them. So I, I have to give them credit for having that nice uh, idea. So. But uh, to to go from one uh, port to another that that has its own technical difficulties, uh, we'll go with Mutant Year Zero, uh, Road to Eden. So I I think I actually talked about this game on the Thirsty Mage last year when it first came out on PC. So uh, the way I like to describe this is it's it's basically Mario Rabbids with a mature rating. So it's it's kind of the same uh, XCOM tactics strategy. So you're running around in third person. Um, you have a, a party uh, a party that you're controlling. Um, so there it's a, a mutant duck, a mutant uh, boar, and um, I guess she's. Uh, 
a mutant human like she's she's looks human but has mutant powers as well and um it's set in a post-apocalyptic world and uh, just launched on switch uh july 30th so it, it almost made that uh, august release window there but um i it's it was actually one of my top 2018 games uh, i i enjoyed it that much like it has it, it plays the same battle mechanics where um, so again, you're running around in the, in the world. And then when you come across the, the, the enemies, it kind of puts you into battle mode where it turns the, the, the environment into a, a grid based system. And you, uh, essentially have action points to choose, uh, when to move, when to shoot. You have different weapons uh, that you can use on the fly. You have projectiles like, uh, grenades and, uh, Molotov cocktails and that sort of thing. And um, on top of that, you have like your Overwatch and, and the mutant powers that you can use. And the premise of the story is that um, there's like one settlement that uh, on an oil rig that where there there's like one main engineer that kind of keeps the place running and he's uh, gone missing. And so this uh, group of three is trying to find him in kind of the wasteland where uh, all the, the ghouls live. And essentially, you're just shooting your way through trying to figure out basically tracking this guy down to find out what's going on and stuff happens along the way and uh it's a like i said it's very very fun game played it on pc um and it came to switch but uh it, it it's not the same it, there's a lot of uh give and take here to get it onto a portable device first and foremost is i don't know if i can even play this on portable uh the the resolution has dropped so badly uh, i was joking that i i felt like i had spilled vaseline on the front of my switch it, it was that blurry Ooh. yeah it was pretty bad like it, it's tough actually there there's uh items that you can actually collect in the environment and i was like walking over them not realizing that they were there uh because there's like uh, scraps and weapons to pick up and stuff and it's very very difficult to actually see them in portable mode and it's and the game just doesn't auto pick them up for you that seems a little odd yeah, yeah, no, there's the the one thing they do is that there's kind of a little light. It's kind of illuminated, but it's not in portable mode, not enough that you're like, oh, there it is. Like you you almost like I said, almost have to walk over it to kind of notice. And then when you actually are standing on it, there's like a little text that pops up that says like what it is, like common scrap or weapon part. And yeah, it was just it was tough playing in portable. Uh, but then in dock mode, it looks it's playable. It's like, it, it looks better. You can kind of see things. It's still, I guess my biggest complaint is, is that you can tell that it was designed to be detailed, but not detailed enough, even in docked mode for the switch. Like you can tell that there was a downgrade and, and it's still, still hard to like, it's easier to see the items you can pick up, but it's still not great. Now I personally, I, I didn't have like, it never crashed on me. Like the, the crash to desktop. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Perry had picked this up as well, and he said there was he was really enjoying it. He was uh, telling me about how much fun he was having, but it was he had multiple crashes to desktop. Oh, um, so much so that he's like, maybe I'll just wait to see if there's an update. <laughs> so uh, talking to him with the other day, though, he he wondered if it was a heat issue because he said uh, a lot of it, like when when it was crashing, he could tell that there there was like the switch is really hot and, and he i don't know if he like put a fan on it or something but he uh he was, he was having better luck uh, keeping it cool so uh but yeah he's he's having a real real fun time playing it as well so it's one of those games like i think it's worth playing but if if you've got a pc that can handle it like if if he asked me like the the portable versus graphical i would have to go with the pc version on this one 
But uh, if if all you've got is a Switch uh, and you're looking for something like that, it's definitely worth playing. Yeah, I'm look, looking at your review there, and yeah, that's. It, I didn't get very far into Mario and Rabbids, and a more like an M-rated version of that doesn't hit my buttons. But I'll definitely. It, I'll put it. I'll at least put it on the list here. Maybe it'll get optimized a little bit better. Same with uh, this. Hopefully, their publishers is on the ball as uh, the Pillars of Eternity publisher seems like it will be. Yep. Uh, from what I've, I guess Perry actually reached out to them, uh, and they had said that they were working on optimiz like some updates and optimizations. So it's uh, the publisher is Funcom, and I believe. The dev is called Bearded Ladies. Pretty like I had I hadn't heard of them before, so but uh, hopefully they they do do look at it and see if there's some improvements that could be made because like I said it's it's a real fun game. There's a lot of strategy. It's it's uh it's on the the more difficult side too. Like Mario Rabbits, you could kind of power your way through in a kind of run and gun, but uh this one a lot more strategy is needed to to uh, move forward. So. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. I I enjoyed. There's a a whole lot of um, puns that they use <laughs> that I that I enjoy, uh, especially uh, using the word duck. So mm-hmm. I had a I had a fun time with that. I think it's well written and it's a en- engaging story. So I wonder, I wonder if they're using that in place of another word that ends in U C K. Multiple times, multiple times. So that'll bring me to the next game that's uh, available on RPGs, which is um, I'm currently playing it for review now. It's called uh, Fell Seal, Arbiter's Mark. So this, uh, I don't think this is a port, I'm pretty sure. It it is available on at least PC. I know um, some some of my colleagues on on an RPG-focused website have already reviewed this. But I believe it is... If it's not on on the other console already, it will be soon. Yeah, so this one, not too far into it, a few hours in. Uh, but this is actually like a very, it really feels like Final Fantasy Tactics. It, it plays almost identical to it, really. So there's, a, essentially, there's a world map, and there's places on the world map. And as you go, you end up in battles. And the battles take place uh, on an iso- isometric map uh, with different um, elevations, different environmental, like there will be rocks that will kind of block your path so you or b- take up squares so you can kind of use those to your advantage. And you, you have a party of warriors that are basically just move them around and it's the same thing. They, they have different weapons like axes and knives and magical powers. And uh, the, the way it works, uh, so the story, the kind of overview of the story would be is that there's there was this chaos was in the world and this great big monster almost distinguished life but these group of people called the immortals they uh managed to kill the monster and then install kind of like a justice system Uh, and there's kind of like this um i don't know like the supreme court i guess where there's where these uh these they're called the immortals they kind of govern as the justice system and and uh they're the basically the judges, and then uh, the people that kind of do the grunt work are called the arbiters, and they essentially are like the just go out into the world and are the judge, jury, and executioners, and um, they they see laws being broken and they're supposed to be uh, taking care of business. I, I this this sounds an awful lot like Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced <laughs> yeah. in all actuality, I, but I I know it's not. But it just yeah. just the concept of laws in a tactical RPG is already giving me highs. Yeah, 
Well, and like I said, the if when you're actually like in the battle, like I just recently played Final Fantasy Tactics, which I'll I'll bring up in a bit, but yeah, just like as soon as I started playing it, I'm like, man, this is this is real getting some real Final Fantasy Tactics vibes here. Um, it plays plays just like it in in this to a certain degree. So they're good and bad. I mean, it, I enjoyed Final Fantasy Tactics and and the way it works, so it's kind of neat there. Um, but when at the same time, it's like why not just play Final Fantasy Tactics? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we'll see. I, uh, like I said, I'm not too far in. I mean, the story is pretty engaging. The way that the, uh, the immortals work is that uh, when one retires, uh, there's kind of like a competition to see, uh, who, who will replace this, the, the person who retires. And that's kind of where the game begins is that, um, one of them has uh, acknowledged his intention to retire and they've just started the, the competition. And, there's a lot of po- political intrigue uh, going on, and so the the story is keeping me engaged. Uh, but the the battle systems right now, it's still early, so I I don't want to cast judgment on it yet. But the battle systems kind of losing me a little bit, so I'm I'm hoping that maybe uh, the deeper I get in, the more complex it becomes, and maybe uh, engages me a bit more. So I, I'm hoping for that. So. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and just to correct it here, uh, Fell Seal came out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One at the end of April, like April cool. April thirtieth. So it's it's a few months behind as opposed to like a year or two, which like okay. which I can understand given that they would have to do some optimization to get that running at a decent clip on Switch. Yeah, and it's uh, so far no no problems at uh, the, the art styles not exactly my cup of tea i uh, kind of like trying to think of some examples because it kind of gives that that mobile flash vibe like the clash of like not cla- like it's the the sprites are a little bit bigger than like the clash of clans but it's kind of that art look to it like the cartoony look i guess like a like a fortnite cartoon look so it's i don't know we'll see I uh, like i said i won't only a couple hours in so i don't don't want to turn anyone off yet but we'll see how it goes so uh, we have an upcoming RPG, not available yet for the summer, but it will be soon. And uh, Donald, I believe you played the demo for it. Um, Oninaki. 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 Yeah. So that that'll be out. Um, I th- they've updated the date to a week. F- f- we're recording this on the 14th, and it's scheduled to come out on the 21st. Uh, there was a 10% deal, I believe, or 10% off deal on the eShop for a bit. That got pu- that ended, and then they restarted it. So it's so you can get a slight discount if you're if this comes out before the game does. Um, it is an an action RPG from Tokyo RPG Factory that I'm not sure that I'm not going to be able to play, having played the demo. Okay. The the themes in that game are are they they let's just say they heavily involve death as in your main character decides to randomly kill a pair of parents in the first 30 minutes oh, and yeah the the concept of that game is all right but it's it's was triggering like i've been had treatment off and on for depression for the better part of a decade and there's certain games i just can't finish because of that one of them is persona 3 and oninaki is going to be another one okay one of those ones that uh, kicks in the feels i guess eh? yeah like 
it, right after that scene, I, I, I was playing the Switch handheld, and I just put it down in my room. It was like, um, are you all right? So, yeah, it's it's a technically very fine. It's a very solid game. Uh, that's never been an issue with stuff that Tokyo RPG Factory has done. Uh, they've never... It's just right now you need to have stronger stuff than I do to be able to probably play that game beyond the first 30 minutes of what the demo gives you. So definitely check that out. Grab the demo if you have any interest in the game. Your progress will carry over. There's some neat systems in there and see if you can handle the plot because I couldn't. So action RPG, you said? Yeah, it's... um, it's like sort of hybrid of Zelda combat with RP with like the enemies have hit points and things like that. Okay. So you're, you're still kind of running around and you're hacking and slashing, I guess. eh? Yeah. You're running around hacking, slashing and, and sort of doing the jump between worlds. Like you would see in a link to the past. Like, cause, cause you're traveling between the realm of the living and the realm of the dead as a character who's trying to help, uh, who's trying to help, soul you know help people not mourn and help and let their souls reincarnate okay have you played any of the um previous uh tokyo rpg like i keep wanting to get into them but then every time one comes out i keep here you, you kind of hear bad things and then i get discouraged and don't bother i actually the first the first game i ever got for review for the switch was i am satsuna which was their first game Okay. Uh, and I played that through mostly to the end. That one had a weird issue where the text would randomly pop up in French for some reason, <laughs> which I didn't mind it, but I'm pretty sure there was somebody out there that would. Um, yeah. So, and that that game was depressing in of itself, but that's because it was entirely set in the winter. And oh, okay. and I sort of blamed that game like the day the, the day the Switch came out. So you can imagine what I was like with winter at that point. Yeah. Um. I played the demo of Lost Sphere. It didn't really click with me, which you would think I'd be all over like a Chrono Trigger style RPG, but it just just wasn't working for me. Yeah. So, and were they um, were they turn based? Both of those? Yeah, they were. They were turn based with like at, with at, with combat or with battles that would occur on the map. So your okay. positioning would oh, play so a role. Oh, so I get the Chrono Trigger. Uh... Yeah. The corner trigger vibe there. Yeah, so this okay. so this this new one is straight action. There's no jumping to a menu. You're just in there hacking away. Okay. And that's cool. Yeah, and I actually I actually got a chance to talk to the developers at E3, and one of the leads on this game actually worked on Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh yeah. And they and they said that they got some ideas for the loot system for this for Oninaki from Kid Icarus. Which, if you've if you played that game, that Kidagris had an insane loot system. So I would not be shocked that the um, that they would go down that road with Oninaki because there's not only your own weapons, but you can pick up sort of sub spirits in the world as well, and okay. and they can and they can build their own experience. And you can also try to recover their memories as well. Hmm. Yeah, the like the concept was interesting to me but and like i said i've always wanted to get into the tokyo rpg games but uh, i think again this is probably going to be another one that i end up waiting to see kind of what the the overall game ends up being uh, i think jordan will be 
doing the review for that one, so maybe I'll hold off and see what he thinks. But I always like to support Square, so... Uh, yeah. And, and if, if this is their, the last bastion of uh, turn-based... Uh, well, I guess even this one's not even a turn-based, but I want to keep the Tokyo RPG factory open because maybe one day they'll come up with a turn-based that I actually enjoy, so... Yeah. And Square seems reluctant to go back to this the turn-based, so I th- this is kind of uh, the last hope, I think. Yeah, I... It gives them a chance to stretch out into more more fam- formats. Like I, I'd be interested in seeing what they would do with like a fi- with a Final Fantasy Tactics style, you know, tactical RPG. Yeah, and it's, I mean, they may go there too. Like if they've already went from turn based to an action RPG, it, it certainly could be uh, in the cards. So yeah, it's just that they they're priced as retail games. Like they're, I think it's fifty bucks US, but the the retail copies are extremely limited. Like I have a friend who has a copy of Lost Sphere, and to this day, she doesn't know how they got a physical copy of that because I believe it was exclusive to Square Enix's online store in Europe. <laughs> well, I'll be worth something one day then. Yeah, unless it, unless it was like tr- unless somebody bought it off the North American store and then traded it in somewhere, that's how they got it. But hmm. yeah, I like the those games are good but def they go on sale frequently and definitely wait for a sale yeah because well and that's the other thing with oninaki is as, as i'm thinking like we've got with uh just the way that it's coming out at the end of august and then we'll be like nailed with september rpgs that by the time i kind of get around to having time to play and probably like november december it'll probably i'm hoping maybe for a sale by then uh yeah they're usually and then i guess with pokemon coming out in november i'm it might it might be like january by the time i actually get around to it. yeah square tends to do tends, there may there might be something as far as a sale goes around uh black friday if not there probably will be one early in the new year yeah and the, like square at least it does at least two a year because i always pick up uh stuff for uh, my old vita when when the sales come around so i always keep my eye on those <laughs> Yeah, don't don't get Vita, great system, but man, I wish it could have lasted longer. Yeah. Well, speaking of Vita games, I wanted just to mention that this is not new. I wanted to prepare myself for tactics games, so I actually did purchase Final Fantasy Tactics for the Vita. It, it was the uh, War of the Lions version. The that came out originally on the PSP. Yeah, that I think yep. that was actually the if it wasn't the first. The PSP game I ever bought when I finally got one of those, it was the second. Okay, I uh, I have a PSP, but I, I never got the I never picked that one up. But got it on the Vita, and it, it I think actually like it, it kind of accomplished what I wanted it to do, where it kind of got me back in that tactics frame of mind. Didn't get too far into it really. I got, I think I put a couple hours in, uh, but I was enjoying what what I had. But I think I'm kind of tactics out at this point, so I, I don't see. I don't see that happening. Yeah, f- <laughs> going back to it <laughs> but for a while. For f- after fifty hours of Fire Emblem, yeah, I'd be tactics out too. Yeah, yeah, and I still got some. I still got lots of Fell Steel, and I intend to put many more hours into Fire Emblem. So uh, th- this might be the end of tactics for twenty nineteen for me when when all this is done. Yeah, the I've like I it was one of the f- first games I bought on the PSP. I had the original version, and I remember reading in the strategy guide like how you could get Cloud from FF7 in the game. But <laughs> I, but I, the, the main thing that everyone has told me is that 
the calculator class is absolutely insane if you can get it to work right. So you sit down, if you sit down with a spreadsheet, you can basically break the game in half with calculators. Because they're, they're the ones who are focused on like level 3, level 4, level 5 multiple spells. And I think you can actually, I, I wonder if they have, I'm trying to remember if they have skills if you let you manipulate the level of the opponent so that they can be blasted with like level 2 flare or whatever. Yeah, I remember um, I remember hearing about the, I guess it was, uh, there was a recent Retronauts that was talking about Final Fantasy Tactics. I think that's what kind of got me uh, on, on that, that boat. And uh, yeah, I remember hearing them talk about the calculator class and and uh hearing the same thing i i didn't i didn't know about the cloud though <laughs> that'd be pretty interesting to get you had cloud into that game yeah he's a he's in a very late game dungeon like he's the hidden objective for that but by the time i think you get him you're probably you've pretty much got an end game party at that point and can blitz the last bit of it yeah well speaking of final fantasy why don't you take us home donald with your last recommendation for what we should be playing in the summer okay well this this is more of my own personal white whale because i uh, the main thing that i was playing prior to fire emblem coming out was actually final fantasy 10 via the switch remaster that came out in april um because when I first saw, when I first got Final Fantasy, first played Final Fantasy X, it was like 2004. My roommate at the time had had a PS2, so I finally got to play that. And I was looking on game FAQs for something, like trying to find something like an Albert Primer, or maybe. And I'm going through the list of FAQs, and there's this one FAQ called Penance. Like, what the heck is that? I click into it. It is a 12 million hit point super boss that got added for the European and the, the Japanese international versions of the game that North America didn't get until these remasters came out. Oh, so I, I'm sitting there looking at this boss that I like, I will never be able to beat this, but yeah. the amount of preparation that this FAQ goes into is absolutely insane. And then the remasters come out, and then it comes out on... Because I got the game on Vita, put a little bit into it, just fell off. But this time, I finally had the chance to do a file from the start with the specific goal of beating Penance. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so I've played more Blitzball in... Like, I played most of my Blitzball on the plane to and from LA for E3. Yep. Because... Lord knows that flight from Halifax, Los Angeles is about nine hours. Oh, God. So <laughs> It's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, and I'm actually thinking of doing it next year for PAX West. Help Jordan out. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, so I I did enough Flitzball. I got everybody's ultimate weapon but Lulu's because that involves lightning dodging, and lightning dodging can bite my you-know-what. <laughs> Like I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and do two hundred dodges of lightning. No way. I can I can build that weapon anyway. So I got those and now I'm working on getting all of the spheres that I need to build up the sphere grid to get the stat build I want, and then I have to build the armor that I want, which is gonna involve beating up the dark the dark aeons that they added to the game, specifically the dark version of Yojimbo, because he spawns five times. And I can force him to respawn until he drops the armor that I want. 
<laughs> and then I'm going to take on the rest of the Dark Aeons and this 12 million hit point super boss. So I'm anticipating finishing that sometime, hopefully before the end of this year. And if I get to the point of penance and I have a free weekend, I will probably stream my beating of penance because literally he has he has an attack if you let it get off that does 10 million hit points of damage and the hp cap even with the ability to break the hp limit that the final fantasy 10 introduced you still cap out at one point short of a hundred thousand <laughs> well that'll i hope you got lots of uh space on your hard drive to when you uh start recording that 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 is about a 40 like most people have timed that boss fight at 45 minutes if you don't do the the cheap summoning trick to one shot kill him <laughs> oh that's nuts that, it reminds me of um i don't know if you ever if you played final fantasy 15 uh i i did everything and except for the I did all the hunts except for the final one, which is the, I believe it's the Adamantoys, where that there's like a, a mountain in the game that apparently is the turtle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you, there's something, uh, I remember reading about that and, and they're like, there's a way to kind of engage the turtle and, and the mountain in the game literally stands up and starts beating on you. And uh, I, I've heard some wild times like I, there was uh i was reading one like when it first came out there's this one guy who was saying it took him 40 actual hours like real time hours to beat the the boss and i'm like no way like the, i can't i don't know the stats on that on the on the the adamantoys itself but uh, like it, it the, again the same kind of same concept where the hp is just ridiculous and um i think the the lowest i saw was uh but like just short of two hours, I think, from from the one I saw. Jeez, and I but, and I thought Yasmat from twelve was bad because yeah. he because th- he's the one who not only has fifty million hit points in a game with the damage where there's no way to break the nine 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 damage limit, but he also will will randomly at one point in the battle make it so that his damage cap is just seven thousand. <laughs> And if you run away, he has regen. So good luck with that. Yeah, there's there's just some challenges that I, I I've just resigned that I, I can't do. I actually started the Antimantoys one, and I I got thumped pretty good. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Uh, well, <laughs> was, it, it it doesn't seem it doesn't seem so bad. I'm looking at his stats, and he's like five point six million hit points. So I'm just trying I'm trying to figure out how you can get to the point that you're doing. You need to do two hours or two days or whatever to do it yeah i can't i don't know if it regens or um if there was something where it like gives itself a shell or something but it might have been too that that it was like this was pretty or like pretty close right after release so maybe people just hadn't figured it out yet or but uh, i know there was like the uh, the guy who was doing it in like about an hour between the one and two hours there they showed like the the build that you needed for the party and i was like ah this is just this is a lot of work, and I just watched the guy beat it on YouTube. So I'm like, yeah. I'm "Good, <laughs> I got the gist." So I mean, I, I it would have been fun to do it, but I don't know if I have the attention span for to to be that put that much work into it. So. Yeah, because if I get into a Final Fantasy, like if I really get into a Final Fantasy, I will go for the super bosses. I have beaten 
both Emerald and Ruby weapon in FF10, or sorry, FF7. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I have I have done those. Um, I think when the remaster comes out, I might try to go after Omega, who's got like one million hit points, which isn't too bad. But knowing Square, they'll probably add something even stupider in there. <laughs> and yeah, and I just. I've never gotten far enough in nine that I'd worried about Necron. So yeah, 10. So penance seems to be in that sweet spot of I can do this. It's just the build that I want to do for it involves having broken HP limit max, you know, 99, 999 for HP, which mm-hmm. you need about 300 spheres of HP to get. <laughs> Not not just clearing the ones that are there, but then you have to put in a whole bunch as well. So I have to do a so I have to beat up one boss in the in the in game monster arena. I want to say about 150 times to get all those spheres. I I admire your, admire your dedication. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then I got to go through and and get and so once that's done, then I have to get like I think I've got enough to do 255 in like strength, defense, magic defense, accuracy, and evasion. It the other the other tricky one is getting luck because there's some of the enemies you fight along the way that have insane luck stats, which affect both accuracy and evasion in FF10. Yeah. So I. Awesome. So as long as you're still having fun, yeah, that's, that's the important thing. It, it as long it's having that goal that helps, which is I need to beat this thing, and then I will make Lulu's ultimate weapon, and that will be the end of it. Yeah. At least I don't have to. At least I, I'm not playing on a PlayStation platform where I have achievements to worry about. Yeah. So you'd rank Final Fantasy X uh, high on your list of Final Fantasies? Uh, it's pretty high on my own personal list, yeah. but it's mostly like. A lot of what I look at in that in these kind of games is how is like the battle system story seems to be secondary for me because yeah. I mean I've flamed out of eight around the time of Estar, but okay, yeah. but along the way I had fun with like oh I have four thousand hit points and we're not even through the first disc yet. <laughs> yeah, I love I love breaking. Uh, there's so many things to break in eight, like with like collecting the the magic, or whatever, to boost your points, or uh, yeah, the junk uh, abusing the junction system, like jun- junction, like getting all this Kiraga, junction it to hit points, and suddenly yeah. your hit points are like you you've like octupled your hit points for early in the game. Yeah, you never die. And yeah, exactly. And my and then uh, once you've got the the Ragnarok to head out to the Island of Evil, uh, the West. I think it's the Island of Island. It's either the Island of Hell or the Island I think, of Heaven. I like, can't remember island, which one. I think there's like Island closest to Heaven, Island closest to Hell, which have yeah, all these the, really rare magics on them that you can draw. Yeah, and uh, if you go to the Western one, which I think is the Island closest to Hell, the the enemies there are singular. Like there's only you only when you run into random battles, there's only one only ever one enemy and um uh with quint quintus's um i don't remember what the the special is called but if you have her hit points down where you automatically get the special um she has the one where she uh, banishes the enemy to another dimension so it's like a one hit kill uh, and you can get to level 99 within like an hour although in, in a game that scales the H- the enemy hit points based on your level why would you want to yeah well i guess yeah it was pretty easy finishing the game though yeah, I I'm just trying. I'm just picturing like because I know the Omega fight's a fixed amount of hit points, but I'm just trying to picture what the final boss would be 
with a level 99 party. I'm assuming it's pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long since uh, since I've played that one. I'm I'm looking forward to when that eventually comes out. Yeah. In the next few months, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty soon because it got the ES ESRB rating. I think. Yeah, I I just one thing I would do if I was remastering that game, I would set it so that you could have two sets of magic in like one that you would junction and then one for actual use because I do like using magic in these games, but Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII heavily discourages it because you are crippling your stats every time you cast a spell. Yeah, exactly. If you've got it. Yeah, and uh, the, the limit break is uh, Degenerator on the that you want to use on the island, cl- island closest to hell. Yep, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, looking forward to that. I, I, I'm not expecting uh, too many changes <laughs> Based on, based on what we've seen so far, I guess the uh, script for them is essentially just add in a speed modifier, uh, add in um, the max health and the max attacks, and yeah, more or less leave the rest to the rest for you. Some graphical changes. And... They they fixed the face in the dancing scene. I think that I think that clip <laughs> showed up today. <laughs> yeah, I I saw that hit Twitter. I was I was liking and retweeting a lot because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and I think I think though what I've learned with these with these remasters is I will play them once on Switch, and then the next time I'm going to play them on PC because then I can cheat the hell out of them. Yep. Like hmm. I've I've always wanted to try try some with mods. I've seen some interesting FF7 mods that I I want to give a try, but uh, I just uh, I don't know if it's just a time or will but i need to need to give one a try one of these days yeah i i just what i want to do at one point is just have a final fantasy 10 run where i've got all this stuff in my inventory from the start of the game and just to see how fast i can blitz the main game and those and those super bosses because it it'll it'll still be a 45 minute fight against penance but the it won't take me 190 hours to get there (laughs) that's right will it feel as will it feel as sweet when you beat him though yeah, probably. Especially if I can do it with <laughs> under fifty hours on the clock or whatever. Yeah, I guess that's the thing is uh, you, the the reward is the time that you that you've given yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, it it's looking like Jordan never found that sugar drink for uh, tonight's event. So I think I think uh, one, I think somebody in the family got a hold of it, but um, I think he'll yeah, he'll right. he'll want to say that uh, Dragon Quest Builders Two really good. But uh, yeah. just watch that text size. It's apparently quite small on Switch. Yeah. Well, that's funny. We uh, Casey. We almost had Casey. And we almost had Jordan, and they're both of them were the Dragon Quest Builders two uh, uh, cheerleading fan club for that one. So uh, unfortunately, uh, I mean, we talked a lot about Square stuff. So they were they were represented. So no worries about Square. But Dragon Quest Builders uh, might have got the short short end of the sick this week but another summer rpg if that's your thing yeah and and i'm pretty sure that we'll have more talk about dragon quest in september or october i guess after 11 comes out yeah exactly so we'll definitely be talking about that so uh yeah and uh so the next episode like i said it'll probably be two weeks from now and uh it'll be fire emblem three houses it'll be a spoiler cast and i i can already tell you from the the heated debates we were already having that it's going to be a hot one so and we'll in the we had an article go up on the site today from Matthew, who's our who's our main Fire Emblem fanatic, who that basically talks about elements of the main character in that game. I think a lot of us are going to have some disagreements on that based on what we've seen in the other routes. Yep, 
Yeah, it was. It's already. It's already began. It's just not recorded yet. <laughs> so we'll have we'll have lots of. And I think we might even uh, split it into a couple groups because, uh, like I said, we have so many people and, and so many varying opinions that I, I think uh, the more people we have, the better. Because it's 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 a big game. I think it's it's uh, you know for Switch, it's definitely one of the better titles this year. Like. Even even with some of the different aspects that we'll get into later, I think it's one of those games that's that's worth getting if you've got a Switch. So uh, it'll be interesting to hear the different opinions on it, though. Mm. I mean, it depends whether your story is a big thing for you or the battle is uh, the most important. Uh, a lot of, I think there will be a lot of debates around, like, choices and uh, the, the developers made and just personal taste and that sort of thing. So it's going to be a fun discussion. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Exactly. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Donald, for coming out uh, tonight with me for an episode to discuss all the different options that uh, the folks have for playing an RPG on our Switch. And and we had, and we didn't even mention the stuff that came up previously, like Final Fantasy. Well, we briefly mentioned FF12 and and Dragons. I'll I'll throw another shout out for Dragons Dogma, even if it seems to have been largely forgotten at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate too. That's another one I wanted to pick up, but because it came during the tidal wave of Final Fantasy ports, that I I just passed it by. Unfortunately, even Final Fantasy X, I still haven't gotten around to because uh, played seven, reviewed nine, or what did it? No, I reviewed seven, reviewed twelve, played nine, reviewed X or ten two, <laughs> <laughs> but haven't had a chance to get to ten yet. So it's in my backlog, the the ever growing backlog. Yeah, and having what two hundred odd hours of Fire Emblem is not helping that in any way. No, and the upcoming uh, hundred plus hours, I'm sure, for Dragon Quest Eleven is uh, not helping things either. So Dragon Quest Eleven, those all those never, you know, the the collection of Dungeons and Dragons themed RPGs we're getting this this fall and winter. Yeah, I don't think there's any way I'm not gonna have to at least play one. So. And then, uh, then you got uh, Pokemon coming in November, and it's just uh, it's going to be an RPG heavy twenty nineteen. And that's well, the, the the mage will be bouncing. Yeah, exactly. Might have to get the, the taps will be flowing. Might have to get the uh, fire marshal in there to to make sure we have the good capacity for it. <laughs> that's right. We might have to put a second second floor in the mage, fit fit everyone in. So, alrighty. Well, uh. Like uh, Don was saying, if you want to check out some initial thoughts about uh, Fire Emblem, uh, Matt's got an article up uh, about the main, main protagonist on NintendoWorldReport.com. The uh, initial review is up there as well, if you want to check that out, as well as some uh, a video review of it on uh, our YouTube channel, NWRTV. And uh, yeah, if you want to uh, check out, um, we've I've also got the Mutant Year Zero review up on uh Nintendo World Report as well. Dragon Quest Builders, I believe Jordan reviewed that. So if you wanted to get some information on that. Donald has his demo, uh, has a written de- written article about the o- Oninaki demo. So uh, lots to read about all these things if you're... Um... Oh, and uh, Donald's uh, Pillars of Eternity review is up as well, yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. Yep. So if, you, if anyone is looking for more detailed information about anything we've talked about, I think almost everything's there. And Felseal will probably be up if not short, probably shortly after this comes out. So it's all it's all at NintendoWorldReport.com if you want to read up on some more. All right. Well, thanks again, Donald, and uh, we'll see everyone on the next Thursday night. Bye. Bye.